Your guess is as good as mine as to why it's on the ceiling. <laughs> it's implied. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think uh, my turn to uh, pick for me. So just to just recap here, we have the devil and the prisoner. Yeah. The lantern. Uh-huh. Juan stops flirting. Um, Wait, s- Juan or Juan? Juan. Oh, it is Juan. Qui-Gon Jinn stops, ah. stops flirting. Yeah, she can try all she it's wants. holding strong. Yeah, yeah, no, she's not getting out. Um, ghost ship. Okay. And then the... I wonder if ghost ship is like ghost ship. Uh, it was, so the ghost ship is located in the Mojave Desert. Oh, okay. So um, no. Uh, so I doubt that it's uh, that movie, Ghost Ship. Can I? Okay. Remember, remember that movie, Ghost Ship? Quick anecdote. I've seen it several times. Yes. Mostly because it was one of the, when I had all the movie channels. Sure. When it was on, I just put it on. So I got that's that's one of the movies that got me real used to being okay with horror movies. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good like introductory horror movie. Yeah. It's spooky in several ways. Like it's, it's alarming. Graphic. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it was one day my mom was like, I watched a horror movie the other day. I'm like, oh yeah? She, yeah. It was really good. It wasn't too graphic. The story was super interesting. I'm like, yeah, he goes, Yeah, in the beginning, uh, these people are dancing in a ballroom and they get cut in three by a weird cable. I'm like, Did you watch Ghost Ship? It's like, Yeah, it was really good. And I'm like, Oh shit, my mom might like horror movies now. <laughs> To this day, that's the only one she's ever watched. I get the idea. <laughs> her ex-boyfriend used to show her like Hellraiser and a bunch of those other ones, and she fucking hated it. Like, Not a fan. You and I would get along way better if you liked horror movies. It's it's a bu- it's a bummer when you get jumped in. Yeah, like you know, in in an unfortunate fashion. Yeah, uh, my my girlfriend is uh has never really watched horror movies, and sure. so we've been trying to like. I, I put together like a list of like eh, these are the ones that are kind of like interesting for other reasons other than their scariness. So like it follows stuff like that where it's sure. like there's some interesting story aspects here too, and you can kind of um, see past the horror. One that is really like it's a classic horror movie. It's really fucking good, um, and it's not too scary. Is Halloween? Yeah. Halloween's a great introductory to slasher movies. It's fantastic, really. Incredibly atmospheric, great soundtrack. Yeah. Like it's it's it builds tension incredibly well. Uh-huh. Um uh what was the other one? The one that we it was like one of the first ones we started with. Uh I guess it's kind of a cult classic now, but for a long time it was just obscure, I I guess. Um Carnival of Souls. I think no, I've seen Funhouse. I yeah. haven't seen Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls is great. It's not, it's spooky like a Twilight Zone is spooky. Sure, like, sure, sure. It's atmospheric, but made by like a dude and like four or five friends in Kentucky and Salt Lake City oh, wow, okay. in the 60s. They released it, totally butchered it, um, put it in a double feature. They finally remastered it in 89. And since then, people are like, yeah, it's genuinely very eerie okay uh it's great i i can only, i can't recommend it highly enough i would say stay away from anything after like mid 90s it's yeah. not because there's not good stuff 
It's just that they aim it a lot more towards jump scares rather yes. than making it genuinely scary. <sighs> and those are really tough because most people who don't like horror movies are in that camp. They're like, I don't want to jump the whole time. Like, no, no, no. There's other ones that are way better that don't do that. Yes. Like uh, Hereditary is a really good one. That's fucking scary as shit. But it doesn't make you jump at all. Like hardly at all. I have mixed feelings about Hereditary. I found it very goofy. Um, we, we, there were moments, there was one moment specifically that I found very goofy. There's a, uh, I've, I've had extended conversations with, uh, Michael Garcia about this. Everything in hereditary that, that I think I could have found scary just went on for two seconds too long. I felt that way about midsummer. Yeah. It's where it's like, I'm like, you need to cut a little bit faster. Like don't languish in it. Like when Tony Collette's up in the rafters, like jacking off the ghost dicks. (laughs) It's, yeah, um, and I'm like, give like it's it's the kind of thing that like if you give me more than a couple seconds to 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 really see it, I'm gonna start laughing at it. Okay, which which could like just for a quick flash, I would it would have been like, oh, that was creepy. What the fuck was that? Um, well, it's yeah. because you're you're given time to examine the insanity of the situation. Yes. Yeah. It it I think part of it for me too is, I. I, I I take some guff from the idea of framing like kind of an obscene family tragedy as a as a as the same thing as another horror movie where I'm like this feels like a different kind of thing and to kind of commingle it this way it's it's like milk and orange juice like okay good on their own but together i just felt like i felt okay you're describing midsummer for me like i i'm a diehard fan of hereditary i sure. love that movie mm-hmm. um so you're wrong but no <laughs> <laughs> totally fair like um, uh, no like I, will... I i can see why you'd think that i just didn't have that same feeling i thought that the longer sure. shots burned that insanity into your brain a little more yeah um there were the, the whole scene with tony collette breaking down for her husband trying to burn the diary i felt that her performance in that scene was so fucking forced like she was forcing a hysterical moment i'm like god you just you went a little too hard yes and you didn't cry at all so none of it like i hate i really didn't like that scene everything around it up to and including the final shot sure i loved but that scene bothered me um yeah fair midsummer though Excellent story about a, a, a lady who is going through an extremely tough time coming back and it's very, making her life her own. Yeah, it's very kind of, it's sort of and like that's an, a beautiful part of that story. Yeah. And then there's this weird slasher flick that's going on at the same time built into like this cult lore sort of like kind of a, thing like an anti wicker man. Right. Yeah. And it, it, but like when they mingled, it just made it uh, they made each other feel flat. Yes, you know, and um, I and I think that that's the um, that's that's the thing for me. I I've I've watched some of Ari Aster's earlier stuff, and uh, he did a like a two minute thing about dick farts, like as a medical condition. Oh, okay. that was fucking hilarious. Okay, and I'm like, I would like to see his comedic chops. I would like to see what he does in that realm. I would like to say that the comedic elements in midsummer were brilliant yeah the jokes in midsummer were perfect the the and even so part of me i i wonder if so mike and i went to go see hereditary and we went and saw it at laurelhurst and 
it was the weirdest experience of my life because by the middle of the movie, everyone in the theater, even though we all came separately, it's like that Matt Bronger bit where like everyone on the bus is laughing so hard that they meet each other. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Gr- like the entire theater was viewing them chose to view the movie as a comedy at a certain point. Oh really? And like we like Mike and I like became great friends with these old like probably like 50 year old ladies who are like out on the town and they're like you're supposed it's all shh, it's supposed to be a horror movie. <laughs> um, and I and I, I I I I don't know if it's like that power of suggestion or the crowd thing where it's like if everyone in the room just decides that it's funny then it's funny sure, or Sure sure sure. Um the 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 one aspect that I, I I like all of the individual plot aspects I'm like cool interesting interesting uh-huh. um uh yeah uh I, I I wish that I was more on board with it so I I'm gonna say this last bit about Midsummer and then we can move on sure I, unless you want to keep doing this uh, movie tangents are great that's this is it's a podcast about tangents perfect <laughs> Midsummer had these horror elements in it that like were truly chilling mm-hmm. on their own. Yes. Um, the scene where, in the very beginning, where they're going through the house revealing her dead family members and it finishes with her sister dead-eyed, the hose taped into her mouth, dirty from the... Mat- like, it was just... There was such an intense image. And then later on... By the way, Midsummer also has the absolute best portrayal of a shroom trip. Yes. Hands down. Um, yes. Hands down. The the trippy elements of it were incredibly They're on perfect. point. They're perfect. They're perfect. Included like the visual stuff, but then also like just the human interaction of like they're yeah. laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, does it really well, yeah. And like the when she's tripping and runs into the shed and it's dark and she flip she lights a match and her sister appears behind her with the hose in her mouth yeah was the scariest fuck yes. like such a creepy image and then later on there's a dream sequence where she imagines her friend like she wakes up and all of her friends are gone and she walks outside and their car is driving by and there's someone in the back seat who kind of makes a laughing expression but then the mouth goes black and gets bigger and bigger and the eyes go black and get bigger and bigger. And then she screams and smoke comes out of her mouth. And then it cuts to uh, a still shot of the dead people on the rock and her sister is splayed out. Yes. And then the eyes open and it cuts. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. horror movie element. Yes. Like it's, it's so good. And then it comes to the end and hereditary had that great build to the end. Of insanity and then like the the brother having that episode where he slams his face into the fucking desk. Yes. Like it's such a, a great way to culminate. Which is interesting too, because even as we were viewing it as a more comedic thing, it still had that rising insanity. Yeah. That worked like as it worked for you in a scary way, it worked for us in like a building insanity and like it sure. was great for us too in the comedic sense. Right. Like it was weirdly effective on both counts. And it gets to that point where, you know, he's in the basement and she is jacking off her neck and <laughs> he sees the naked people. Like it's such a, fu- it's such a bonkers ending yes. to that story. And then midsummer, the events that are happening are crazy, but they're presented in such a way where it just, it's it just felt, ugh. it's very, um, the finale of Midsummer feels very kind of like naturalistic, Steinbecky. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Sort of just like, well, this is what happens, and it has to happen, and that's, ugh. and like the whole the whole slasher element was kind of just all at once. Yes, there were these really cool little drops, like 
uh, when the the boyfriend of the British couple goes away, and then the other way, his girlfriend's like, "I'm gonna walk," and then three minutes later, you hear a distant scream in the woods. I'm yeah. Like, oh, dope. Yeah. You know, great. And, and it's then, like the subtle stuff like that. You're like, excellent, beautifully excellent. peppered, excellent. peppered. And um, then, you know, the dude runs out of the barn and then sees the foot coming out of the yeah. mound of dirt, and I'm like, that seems. Like abundantly obvious. That's very clearly a problem. Right. Yeah. And then when he finds the dude who's been sliced open and splayed out and he's still alive with his lungs hanging out of Mm -hmm. his body, like such a creepy image. Yeah. And then like when he gets knocked out and he comes to and he's in the circle and he's being chosen to die is just like I said, what's happening is fucking awesome. Yeah. But the tone just has nothing to accompany it at all and it feels so flat once you get to it and i feel like this is this is also a critique that i would i would put for hereditary is and i and i i see this in a lot of films i think because i'm increasingly a curmudgeon um it's less than the sum of its parts where there's yeah. like a lot of individual aspects that are really cool but then they just don't gel for me um I will say one thing, just one last little knock against Hereditary. <laughs> I would have appreciated it more. The abundant exposition ending of like, you know, Margot Martindale or Anne Dowd or whatever being like, uh-huh. well, here's the thing. We tried with the first of all the daughter and that wasn't because we needed a And then, well, your grandmother wanted a, and so the whole, it's been a bit of a thing, but now King Payman. <laughs> um, it was a lot of story packed into like three minutes. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was ten pounds a movie in in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, anywho, I think that I think that there's there's a lot of potential there, and it's very interesting. Honestly, the in Hereditary, the storyline with the daughter was fascinating, mm-hmm. and I understand why it had to be there, and I understand why she had to die. Like very clearly, a lot of that had to be done for the story to move forward. But also, I feel like you could have started that movie at her funeral. Yes. I And this is kind of a... I feel like Ari Aster is very aspirational. Where it's like... The, the way that he describes movies where it's like, oh, well, hered- like, Hereditary is like a family drama. And, you know, Midsummer is a movie about a breakup. And I'm like... I'm not sure if viewing it through that lens is the most helpful for him right right right. where it's like because those the the gelling of those two aspects the the horror and the family or in in midsummer like the 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 human drama versus kind of the slasher stuff the gelling is hard it seems like he doesn't quite have his 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 tendrils in that yet and i think that a big part of midsummer too was that that was a movie that was floating around for a while uh as just a swedish cult slasher flick um and no one was picking it up and then A24 was like hey you just did hereditary give this a shot and he's like okay he would have been he made it his own which was cool it sure. had his tone and i love it but i think it just it fell flat for what he was trying to do it would have been very interesting to see what um what could have been done with a uh i don't know like a like a panos cosmatos or something like uh give me like another like the director of mandy like oh my you God. know if it dude if the director of mandy did the original thing for Midsummer? Mm. God damn, that movie would have been right? so good. Uh, I, I'm still very much an Ari Aster fan. Sure, for sure, I will absolutely see his next movie. I remain, I remain open. 
Yeah. And curious. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll say that. Um, I need to quickly uh, do a thing with a plug here because that's not working. Uh, and then we should probably talk about a spooky story, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm so bad at staying on track. Oh, don't worry. This is like... This so far over. Uh, again, it is a podcast about tangents, and that is that is what we do. Um, okay, mom says she's okay. That's positive. <laughs> Listeners, uh, uh, Randall's mom's oven exploded mid-recording, which... She's a thousand miles south of me, so... Uh, and also, that's a thing that can happen. So, Indeed. if you weren't if you weren't scared of the Tommyknockers, take that to bed with you. <laughs> Just know your oven could blow up. <laughs> um, so, I think, I think I'm going to go with The Devil's Pet. Okay. Yeah, which is... A story that comes to us from lovely Elizabeth Lake in L.A. County, California, America, the world. I'm sorry. Thanks, Avalon. <laughs> it was rumored that this devil himself had made the lake. Standing upon the mountains, he made fire and brimstone descend into the low places, filling each crack and crevice. Underneath the fiery lake, a haven was made for the devil's favorite monster, a beast of terrible proportion with the wings of a giant bat, the body of a dragon, a round flattened head, and the crafty eyes of a serpent. Tonight at nine. (laughs) (laughs) The native people living in the vicinity claimed that the lake itself was a passage to the underworld. Tonight at eleven. Uh, we've had a number of stories about lakes. Most of them seem to have something similar attached to them. I think people are just scared of lakes. Yeah, I think so too. Just throwing that out there. That's fair. Yeah. Laurelhurst? Devil lives in there. <laughs> All right. Um, let's pick a new voice for this next paragraph. <laughs> just cycle through. Like fucking quantum leap it for me, please. When the fires went out, water crept into the cracks and crevices of the valley creating a lovely, placid lake. But evil still haunted the calm waters, and the monster continued to live in the home the devil had built for it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. The monster would sleep deeply for many years, and then suddenly wake, hungry and angry, and emerge into the world above. (laughs) (laughs) It's... That's troublingly good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's upsetting. I think it's 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 weird to hear uh, Bill Clinton tell me about the devil. Uh, <laughs> I'm reacting to that in a way that I didn't think that I would have. Let me um, tell you more. <laughs> it would rise up through the mud and water of the lake and fly high above the mountains, searching for something to devour. Now, Mr. Clinton, this is a weird way to describe your wife's campaign. Please go on. (laughs) Well, when the monster awoke, people would flee into their homes, barring the doors and windows and keeping quiet, hoping to avoid the notice of the devil's pet. (laughs) A.K.A. her emails. (laughs) Um... So, from a narrative perspective, uh, it's fucking dark. It's not good. It's there's there's people. This this uh, this seems like the kind of thing that would have happened 
pre-people living places. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that it's like, oh, I, I built my home, but also there's a lake over there, and the devil's pet lives in it, so... <laughs> he I, likes to fly over the house and eat my babies. Should probably close the shutters tonight. <laughs> anyway, I have to go see Howard Hughes later. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking me up in his aeroplane. The Spruce Goose is watching today. <laughs> He's sanding all the rivets off to make it go faster, you know. <laughs> and he offered to build me a bra. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it's Golden Age of Hollywood. Um, I'm picturing I'm picturing Orson Welles is looking at a lake. Go on. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> Should we go with a problematic voice or another good impression? Oh, good impression, I think, <laughs> is probably the way to go, please. Um, this this paragraph's not too long, so if it gets grating, just wait a minute. For many years, the settlers shunned the lake. None dared to live on its shores. Finally, a Spaniard named Don Pedro Carrillo dismissed the stories of a curse and built a large ranch house upon the shores of the lake. But those who invade the devil's territory must pay a price. <laughs> Three months after building his ranch, a terrible fire burned it to the ground. House, barn, and the outbuildings were gone in one night. Not the outbuildings. <laughs> Don Pedro fled from La Laguna del Diablo and never retired. <laughs> I love the... <laughs> I love the... They're just stick it like he moved to the lake, but still it's La Laguna del Diablo. Right. <laughs> um, oh, you should come visit me. I live on La Laguna del Diablo. La Laguna del Diablo. For the next 20 years, the lake was carefully avoided by the people of California. Then, in the mid-1850s, a few rugged American settlers tried their luck on its haunted shores. One in, by one. What? In the grand tradition of, of the white man... <laughs> Probably fine. Let's go. What do you mean it's haunted? We'll move the bodies. We'll move the headstones. It's fine. <laughs> uh, one by one, they crept back to the civilized lands, driven away by horrible screams, unnatural noises, frightening visions that they could not explain, and terrible experiences that they would not relate to another soul. I have similar complaints every time I visit L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it is a soulless place. <laughs> but one fact they made very clear. Something lived in the lake. Something wicked and cruel. Something it was best not to disturb. Spooky. Yeah. Troubling. I don't like the idea of a lake monster. No, I'm not a fan either. But, you know. Especially you one that's backed by the devil. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. You when, know. He's got, when Satan's got your back... On its own. Troubling yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a... It, it's it's like a bullet that gives you cancer. Right. Like, it's like, well, either one. <laughs> Let's try and lighten the mood. <laughs> the next to try his luck at the lake was Don Chico Vasquez. Aware of the rumors, he built his home inland and ranched all the surrounding territory. For many months, the lake remained quiet and still. I'm going to stop doing that. <laughs> That's, it sounds like it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough to, like, 
read slow but speak quickly. That's yeah. That's because I'm trying not to fuck up my words. <laughs> it's really tough when you have to read slow and say all of those words very quickly. Good afternoon, Mister and Mrs. Merrick, and all the ships at sea. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah. You you. It's a hard. It's a hard mix. I appreciate the effort though. Thank you. Uh, the, for many months, the lake remained quiet and still. Then one evening, there came a terrible screeching sound. It pierced and echoed through the air, making the horses rear, the cattle bellow in fright, and the ranch dogs howl. Is that a thing that cows do? Apparently, they bellow. <laughs> oh, the cows are horny again. <laughs> Do you ever play the game Diablo? Um, yes, but only uh, when I was too young to actively, like, effectively play it. Okay. Yeah. There is a, a level, a secret level you can get access to that's only good for getting gear and gold. Cool. And it's the cow level. Now, when you go in there, you are fighting hordes of cows uh-huh. that are standing upright, <laughs> wielding weapons. And... The sound they make when you attack is just moo 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 and then when you kill one it goes moo I'm going to find a YouTube video of this. Okay, what you should do is pull it up on your phone, and when we're done, just play it into the microphone. Oh, I will edit in. There's a lot of aggressive editing <laughs> that goes into this. Why? Uh, I can't fucking help myself. And every time I reference, oh, I don't know, Don Cheadle or something, there has to be a reference to a movie that he was in 25 years ago. Hey, I have to tell you about Jimmy the Saint. There it is. <laughs> every time we've said the words thunder. You're going to cut in thunder? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole... It, it is as if I do not fully believe in myself. That is. This podcast should be called Making Up for Something. Uh, Seeking validation from strangers. Tell me more about La Laguna del Diablo. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Where am I? Move, 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 move. I'm going to start this paragraph over. The next to try his luck at the lake was Don Chico Vasquez. Aware of the rumors, he built his home inland and ranched all the surrounding territory. For many months, the lake remained quiet and still. Then one evening, there came a terrible screeching sound. It pierced and echoed through the air, making the horses rear, the cattle bellow in fright, and the ranch dogs howl. Vasquez came running out of the house trying to locate the source of the noise. Moments later, the ranch, sorry, the range boss came galloping up to report the appearance of a demon, the likes of which had only ever been heard of in song and story. Our music and stories are pretty fucked up. (laughs) So, TV hasn't been invented yet. Our town was founded by sadists. (laughs) It's like in that song we like to sing, La Exorcista. (laughs) (laughs) The official movie here is The Curse of Lorna. (laughs) That was on the list. Oh, I mean, it was in the book, but we, oh, yeah. it just felt a little bit too, you know. Yeah. You know. Boo-hoo, I'm going to drown a kid. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
two men rode to the lake. Oh, sorry, the two men rode to the lake. As they approached the waters, an overwhelming stench filled the air, making them gasp and choke. The men saw the waters of the lake churning, and the terrible sound grew louder and louder until it burned their ears. That's not how sound works. Just Driving like, painfully into their brains like shards of ice. That's how sound works. Spooky. <laughs> like spooky sound ice from a miner's penis. <laughs> Speaking of being stabbed with shards of ice, best murder weapon, ice pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They or, never no, ice know. Pick, uh, uh, icicle. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. We don't know. He's wet, though. Yep. <laughs> He's wet. We've got no prints. It's like this guy peed on him. <laughs> And into his chest cavity. It's weird. <laughs> I bet his heart was thirsty <laughs> for sky pee. <laughs> oh, no, I don't work here. <laughs> As <laughs> they clap their hands, ears together in agony. Um, as Vasquez and his ranch boss watched the torrid waters, a monster broke through the surface, its huge bat-like wings flapping in the air, its legs kicking up mud from the bottom of the lake. Great gusts of wind from the giant wings pressed against men and horses. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we we both independently made George Takei noises there. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. The wailing of the monster grew even louder. Rearing in a panic, the horses wheeled. That's a weird sentence. Sometimes she uses, sometimes Shashi Schlosser uh, <laughs> uses words that may not be words. No, no. Rearing in panic, the horses wheeled and ran back the way that they had come, their riders clinging desperately to the reins as they made for the safety of the ranch house. Good God. Cut, like, cut that sentence in half. They ran off looking for a period. Yeah. <laughs> also, when you say horses wheeling, I'm just picturing like, just head over heels. Yeah. <laughs> tumbling down the road. Oh, God. I feel like I want to do a voice again. <laughs> Which one do I do? <laughs> this, this podcast brought to you by the John Cusack film Identity. <laughs> <laughs> Far, or as as the working title was, uh, a far way to fall from gross point blank. Um, <laughs> sorry, John. Oh, I could do the Pet Cemetery guy. Oh yeah. Or Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> well, Jimmy now that guy. now the Pet Cemetery guy is just John Lithgow. It's just the neighbor. The storm and- stopped. As suddenly it had begun. In the silence, the men could hear the whoosh of great wings flapping overhead. Night was falling fast, and Vasquez did not choose to return to the lake until dawn. We do not live by Devil Lake because it is easy. We live by Devil Lake because it is hard. In the era morning, a heavily armed Vasquez and his ranch hands searched the shores of the lake for a sign of the monster, but they found nothing. Later that day, two head of cattle disappeared from the field. Uh, the next day, it was a reprised horse. Other animals soon went missing, 
and a giant winged shadow passed over the house each evening just before dark. Eventually, Vasquez moved out and his two reclusive sisters or aunts moved in with a bunch of raccoons. Staunch. (laughs) S-T-A-U-N-C-H. So wait, what's happening in this story? (laughs) I'm going to finish this one as JFK or Mel Quimby. (laughs) You pick. Chowder. Chowder. Say chowder, Frenchie. Shell they are. <laughs> Once the air, uh, ranch boss reported seeing the monster hover- hovering over the lake with a dead steer in its claws. So this thing's huge. It's pretty massive. It's a lot of, it's a I lot of think, monster. like, the body is probably double the size of, like, a cow. And then the wingspan's probably, like, 15, 20 feet long. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's manageable for a lake. Right. It's weird when things that fly live underwater. Yeah, because I feel like that's not a thing. Yeah. Ever. No. Never. Oh, penguin. Well, they don't. They don't live underwater. No. (laughs) Touche. Not yet sanding that one. Not going to do it. Flying fish. Fuck you, this podcast is over. That was a reach. Scratch your back while you're back there. Well, that's a bunch of acne. <laughs> Never see these ones. What voice is next? Give me one. Uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> Bullets did not phase the creature. I, I don't do <laughs> Werner Herzog like ever. So this is all from the top of my dome. That was, that was like a little bit of like Hans Gruber also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just bounced off the monster's thick hide. Several ranch hands quit their jobs without notice, afraid to stay too close to the monster. How's that? Killing it. Yeah? Okay. I was distracted by the idea. (laughs) Like, the thing that Vasquez is taking umbrage with is like, they quit without notice. (laughs) Like... Didn't even give two weeks. Their lives were threatened by a fucking weird... Bat demon. Look, I understand that the the 20-foot wingspan lake monster is an issue. But, like, give me a couple days. I gotta find... 72 hours notice. Something. Something. Jesus. Fucking ranch hands. Right, lake demon? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Boo-ha-ha. Theater of the mind edition. (laughs) (laughs) Vasquez's losses were so great that he finally sold his ranch to a Basque immigrant named Miguel Leonos. Oh, those fucking Basque immigrants. (laughs) Oh, those Basque separatists. Too good for Spain. Go back to that weird part of Spain that you're from that no one gives a shit about. Yeah, go back and have one of like four or five active rebellions. (laughs) You know. Try Go to, back and have your pinchos. Go try to outshine the Catalonians. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that weird fucking JF language you have. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's all consonants, buddy. You're like fucking Malta of the land. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Best case scenario, it's another Andorra. <laughs> 
Good. We all love them so much. <laughs> Fucking blue skin antenna people. <laughs> this is the part in the podcast where we are delirious. <laughs> The new owner was a formidable man that no one, man nor beast, dared to cross. Mm. Leonis had no time for monsters or for the people who feared them. (laughs) Fuck you too. The day the sale was finalized, he sent men out to the lake to work on his new property, though he did not go himself. Asshole. No time for monsters. No. Nonetheless. (laughs) Maybe supervise your project. I'll be there next week. (laughs) <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's fine drain the lake drain dra- get drain the lake give it the MacArthur Park treatment cover it in those balls give it to me give it I got it give it I got it give it give it I got it <laughs> for many months there was no sign of the monster then the ranch crewman began reporting that the beast had arisen from the lake and was riding nope sorry he was raiding the stock pens Leonis was furious when he heard the news. He was not about to take the loss of a prophet lying down. The massive Leonis grabbed his rifle. The massive. Did we decide that he was massive earlier on and I missed that? Oh, yeah. He's 45 feet tall. <laughs> Made out of, uh, you know, stone. Washington. <laughs> Washington. 10 feet tall and weighed a fucking ton. <laughs> For that is not the first time that that song has come up on this podcast. Really? <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> All right. Well, it said he was formidable. All right. But not tall. Anyway. Eh, I'll take it. The massive Leonis grabbed his rifle and camped out on the lake shore the same night that the, that the report reached him, waiting for the monster to appear. It was dusk when the monster burst forth from the lake and flew into his view. Leonis leapt from his hiding place with a horrible war whoop. (laughs) (laughs) Is it is it like the the Howard Dean rebel? (laughs) I think it's more of like a I don't know. If I wanted to intimidate something, I would get out in front of him and give him like a really disturbing clown laugh. (laughs) You know? Like you could go the you can go the goofy route. Or, like, if you wanted to get real creepy, you can go, like, <laughs> something really <laughs> like, uh, bad. Like you're, like, the, like you're a third-string member of a gang from uh, the Warriors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the other guy already said, come out and play. Shit, what do I do? <laughs> like, I've had... Okay, this is one of the skeptical things that are... This is something that came up on the Ghost and Hose podcast. If I'm getting threatened by a demon... Like, if I see something fucked up out of the corner of my eye, if I see a demon... Sure. And it's taunting me, it's trying to do the possession thing, yeah. Yeah. If I saw that, I would I would laugh, like, I would do my best to remember, like, hey, laugh at the fucking thing. Just see what happens. Just don't be scared. Sure. And see see if you can, like, show your dick. Pull your dick out. You see it? <laughs> Gonna possess this? <laughs> Get in. <laughs> Beat voice. <laughs> I just shot a bunch of ice out of that thing. Hop in. Warm it up. I just dribbled some ice out of this thing. Get to it. Let me go back to hell, because this seems weird. Exactly. Yeah. Out weird a fucking demon and just see what happens. I mean, if it... And 
What's yeah. going to happen? Because the thing is trying to kill you. Worst case scenario. It, it kills you. Yeah. <laughs> Worst case scenario. It, it does the weird thing that demons are able to do, which is to move through time and space instantly. So it's right up in your face. Sure. And then it, you know, bites your throat out. But that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Might as well try and have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, and best case scenario, it respects your weird. Yeah. Yeah. Demons like, all right, I will get in your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Usually people invite me in through like a conduit, a mm. doll or a, a, a box of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Those conjuring movies are getting real bad based on the, the box of pizza the demon. <laughs> it's just, okay, so you know how like... Box of pizza, you seen that new Annabelle? <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle 4, Annabelle orders dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd watch that. Movies. I'd watch that I'd in watch a minute. <laughs> you just see the doll on the phone. No, I don't care what. I don't care what the toppings are. You don't. I, do you have I'm, anchovy? No. <laughs> I mean, if you've got them, it's fine. Whatever. I'll take. It's been like two thousand years since I've had a good anchovy. It was a normal pizza until some Manson girls got murdered on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the Brad pizza- Pitt went and shot somebody onto a pizza. <laughs> the pizza already kind of looked fucked up <laughs> because there's a whole sequel. But it, we'll get to that later. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> They're gonna, the next Annabelle movie is going to be about a fucking haunted tree and a fucking porcelain mine or whatever. <laughs> I think they're done. I think they're finally done with those movies. Good. Like the first one's great. And this not, yeah, not Annabelle. It's, uh, yeah, Conjuring. The, the, yeah, Conjuring the first Conjuring is great. great. Yeah. And then the second one was all right. Yeah. It, they, there was a sharp drop off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the second one, even then, like there was spooky stuff. Girls sitting in the corner with, with mm. the water in her mouth and just slowly shifts. Yeah. Great. Super, super good. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole beginning sequence where she's going through and uh, uh, reliving the Amityville murders. Yep. Really fucking cool. Yep. Uh, and then they, they, then they, then the end happens. Yeah. Then they brought in a nun, and then there's also like the, the gen- nun's weird. The, there's the the crooked man. That whole. Yeah. That was. I I don't know. I don't I don't need that. Get that shit out of here. Um, the what first Annabelle was real bad. It was yeah. atrociously bad. Yeah, that the was... The second one is actually pretty entertaining. It's fun. Uh, the third one, also I'm more on the entertaining side. <laughs> Not great, though. Turns out it's hard to make a movie about a haunted doll that doesn't suck. Again. Yeah, yeah, that isn't child's play. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, there's, 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 a, there's a weird trend in horror movies, which is... Having a villain be kind of like a weird, nondescript, spook creature with yeah. kind of a childish name. Like, right, like the Babadook. Yes, or the, the bent neck man from The Haunting of Hill House. Sure. The jangly man from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. The crooked man. Eh, Slender man. Yeah. All those weird dudes. It's just, it's, 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 it's terror about the tall and the thin. Yeah. Which I support. Yes. I don't trust let's, it. Let's have tall, thin people. I don't. Don't show me your bones. No. 
It's like a magician pulling out his sleeves for you. Nothing you know in I here. Don't need to see are weird skinny people elbows. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Get no. Out of here. No, it's like a horse's hoof. I'm dating. <laughs> I'm dating a twink. He's fine, but sure. Like I don't need to see Tommy Wiseau's weird fucking creepy pointy elbows. Uh, uh, no, where you can clearly see two bones. <laughs> yeah, awful. I don't. I don't need to be reminded that we're basically just connects. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're Lego Technics. Oh God. Ugh. Just the bionicle. Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, All right. Anyway, it. moving on. <laughs> just fat bionicle. <laughs> I would love to see that. Just they 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 strap some flesh onto a bionicle. Be like, it's, it's better, right? <laughs> Doesn't look so like spooky. <laughs> oh, this is just people. Okay, <laughs> but they have masks. Uh, okay, I got another voice. I'm gonna try out here. You tell me if you can recognize it. I can only do that for like three lines. It's gonna hurt my throat. <clears> throat> it was dusk when the monster burst forth. From the lake, flew into view. All right, that's Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nagini. Nagini. So spooky. Why don't you take me to the pictures anymore, Nagini? I just have asthma. (laughs) Get him an inhaler. He's probably fine. I decided that Nagini is a man. Sure. And that the two of them are in a gay relationship together. So you have chosen not to watch the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? <laughs> Did I? I think I, I might have. Where Nagini is an Asian lady for some reason. Is she? Uh-huh. Did I see that? She's She's been like, she's got some sort of like uh, witch cancer that turns her into a snake or Wait, something. Wait, is that the one where at the end... Uh, <clears throat> What's his face is like puffy. Johnny Depp is puffy, and he's like recruiting people in the burned out arena building. Yeah, yeah that yep. would be sucked. It's not good. Holy mm. shit! Yeah, it's a franchise killer. Yeah, for sure. Bummer, because that yeah. first one was fun. It was fine. It yeah, was fine. It, was, it did what it needed to. Come on, you get to see those little bow trickles. You know, was that what they were called? Those little little, the little plant boys, dudes? the little plant. I was just mad about the bartender's fingers. Oh, that was fucked up. That was fucked up. Fucked up. That was fucked. No one needs that. Jesus Christ. No one needs that at all. And you know what the weird thing is? No one fucking noticed it but me. Uh, No one noticed. I'm like, why are his fingers fucked? Leave. Get it out of here. I forget who I watched it with, but we both we we paused it and we're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Fuck just happened. It's like it's like uh, you've seen the new Star Trek Discovery. No. All right, uh, Doug Jones plays a guy, and his fingers look like dog penises. Okay, <laughs> it's weird. Fucked. It's fucked up. Anyway, for those of you who haven't seen Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, there's a character voiced by Ron Perlman. Yeah, and he's a bartender, and his fingers are bent completely backwards. Yes, and he's just living his life, just dealing with it with Which, half fingers. Like I think the gist of it is supposed to be that like. He got like magic mafia or something. Like it was like a I punishment thing. But even then, you'd get it fixed. Yeah. Like explain it. Like have have fucking give me a little bit of notice. Have Newt Scamander fail to like read a social cue and be like, "What happened to your fingers?" <laughs> right, exactly. 
I have a spectrum <laughs> disorder. What happened to your fingers? <laughs> that's that's like the log line for the whole movie. I have a spectrum disorder. <laughs> I can only relate to these animals. That would answer so many questions. Relating to people is hard for me. <laughs> That's why I trap millions of monsters into my briefcase. It's like magical Pokemon. <laughs> I have one really not okay one trapped in here, too. Surprised yeah. it hasn't torn up the place. It's a problem. It'll become more of a problem in the second movie. Right. <laughs> I'll get back to that later. Hmm. Anywho, so the Lake of the Devil. Yes. <laughs> That's a illustration here. I'll show you I like we like we've done a lot of work to kind of cut down on the tangents, but you are dragging us kicking and screaming back to our roots. I'm aware. This is, I, you knew what this was going to be. I support it. This is basically an episode of Carnival right now. <laughs> Uh, you now you need to send me uh, the episode so I can splice in the uh, <laughs> the intro music. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> there was a different intro song for literally every episode. <clears throat> uh, give me any of them. <laughs> well, I guess. Wait, there's a, there's a, some that are still up. I can. Okay, yeah, that's good. Like We're 15 good. of them. Grab them. They're all, all right. yours. His scream startled the beast so much that it back winged. Didn't conf- back winged. Not a word. Nope. His scream startled the beast so much that it backwinged in confusion. Berserk with rage, the mighty Leonis ran straight for the monster's head, roaring louder than any lion and letting off random shots with his rifle. Moo, 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 moo. <laughs> Sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> I've let off random shots with my rifle. <laughs> The beast landed. That was so hacky and stupid. The I beast pictured you just like just walking into the kitchen. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that happened again. Oh. Uh, it's still happening. <laughs> no, it's ice. It's fine. It's uh, it's very cold. In my penis is all. <laughs> the orgasm is really only good for the first two seconds. Then it's horrifically painful. Oh boy! Get a hot water bottle. <laughs> I can only come into a cup of hot water. That's all I can do. It's the only way it'll come out. I can't get women pregnant. Uh, unless they're like ice women. <laughs> then it's great. Ah. 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 You just donate that shit, right? Like, you don't have to do any middle work. You don't have to freeze That's it. That's true. You could just mail it. Yeah. It stays frozen. Somebody witched your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, kill me. Um, so this creature has been is back winging around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, landed with a loud thump on the ground, mesmerized by the ferocity of the huge man approaching it. This feels like it's being told from his perspective. Go no on. No shit. Leonis leapt right into its face, smashing the butt of his rifle against the beast's nose and forehead, putting a fist into its left eye. <laughs> the, monster, the monster started wailing and shaking its head. It tried to beat Leonis away with its long bat wings, but the mighty rancher just kept pounding the monster with his rifle, screaming threats and curses and pushing it back toward the lake. Oh, it's interesting that you can just kill this. That's what I'm saying, dude. Laugh at it. Just Scream at it. You know, you can kill the devil. Just hit him. Yeah. <laughs> just, punch him. just hit him a bunch. <laughs> oh, God doesn't have his back. Probably doesn't have a weapon. 
He's just the devil. His wings fell off. He pr- it probably hurts. It's like a bird with a broken wing. Right. He's going to keep trying to take off. Can't do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, get him you into know, a corner. If all of the movies are true, he's only working out his glamour muscles, so he's got no core. He's going <laughs> to go down real quick. His legs look like toothpicks, let's be honest. <clears throat> Devil's got a glass jaw. <laughs> Sounds like a shitty country song. <laughs> Level's got a glass jaw. I was back winging at the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting him out on a lake. <laughs> I'm a big man with a big gun and I screamed at the devil. <laughs> I was so loud that it scared him away. <laughs> Anyway, this episode brought to you by shitty Patton Oswalt impressions. <laughs> oh. Jump in my truck and crack open a barrel. <laughs> the monster had never encountered such hostility before. In all the years it had lived at the lake, its terrifying outward appearance had been enough to scare away all other predators. The monster had never before been forced to fight for its right to hunt in this territory. Fucking snowflake. (laughs) Okay, boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Confused and upset by Leonis's attack, the beast finally managed to shake off the terrible man and retreated to the lake. Why? Uh, Ow! 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 Jesus! (laughs) I mean, whatever. Devil! (laughs) Fuck! I just came to pick the fruit. <laughs> Trying to make a cobbler. I have a date tonight. Monster hungry. <laughs> Steven's got to be gay. Ow. <laughs> just, no, don't picture, get me. I'm just picturing Buster Bluth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hermano. <laughs> I'm so glad I bought this uh, house in Sudden Valley next to the Laguna del Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Whimpering and rubbing its damaged eye, it disappeared underneath the muddy waters. And this is the Mayan interpretation, I think. So the devil's pet is made out of wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's made out of uh, Riverside County bro tattoos. A lot of, like, tribal shit, mostly, like some barbed wire. Yeah. I don't know what it means. This one gave me sepsis. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one for when I beat gonorrhea <laughs> the third time. <laughs> Two pair of glasses left. We're almost there, guys. Home stretch. Home stretch. If this episode was only an hour for you, just know a lot got left on the cutting room floor. Meanwhile. Much later. After that, the monster slept for many months while, uh, while its damaged eye healed and the wake was still and peaceful. <clears throat> That's what happens when you stop fucking attacking people. Best thing for a uh, damaged eye? Bottom of a lake. <laughs> Let's get real deep in there, Get guys. some goop in there. Get <laughs> <laughs> some lake goop. <laughs> Let's go to a lake, get down to the bottom, scoop up some goop, throw it in that eye. Right as rain in the morning. <laughs> it's full of spirochetes. 
I mean, there's a tapeworm in it. <laughs> After that, the monster slept for many months while its damage died. He on the lake was still peaceful. Then one evening, a ranch crewman riding on the shore saw the waters part and the monster birth, burst forth from the depths. This sounds like the fucking plot of the Meg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. exactly the plot of the Meg. <clears throat> uh, the monster flew gracefully up and into the twilight sky, heading east until it was out of sight over the horizon, searching and... for a new Leonis-free territory to hunt. Fuck you. Several weeks later, I'm going to go back to the voice we started this with, bringing it full circle. Good, I'll just edit out everything that happened in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Several weeks later, an amazing story appeared in the Arizona newspaper. An Arizona newspaper, sorry. I was going to say, the the one. (laughs) That was just me being an idiot. They keep it it chained to to the town hall. Here it is, the newspaper. (laughs) People come from far and wide. It's just a finger painting. Oh, it's done by the Oracle from Midsummer. Oh, the, the sun is smiling. <laughs> Sounds like a good week. Several weeks later, an amazing story appeared in an Arizona newspaper. A monster had been seen flying over the Huchuca Mountains near Tombstone. The monster was nearly 150 feet long, with the wings of a giant bat, a body of a dragon, a round, flattened head, and the crafty eyes of a serpent. Two enterprising ranchers who lived in the area lured the beast into a trap and killed it. From that time onward, the devil's pet was never again seen at the lake. Back to you. Thanks, Randall. We'll follow up with you a little bit later after the mescaline wears off. (laughs) Up next... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> cuts to a still shot of you ripping your clothes off <laughs> we'll catch up with Avalon when he's out of that dumpster that he lives in um, I have several I have a okay now I like your strategy of trying to throw me off the narrative with all your highfalutin voices uh, that feels like a story that Whatever that fucking last dude, Leonidas, what was it? Gerard Leonis. Butler from 300. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was his rebranding. <laughs> was that his history of violence comeback? I'll do the lake movie. Sure. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it feels like the kind of thing that he would drunkenly tell you at a bar. Like, you know, I killed the devil's pet once. <laughs> <laughs> I was in California, right? No, listen. Wait, no. Hey, shut up. You, God damn it. But I was in a, I was in a lake, and he came out of the water. I was like, hey, fucking, I'm going to hit you with my gun. And I did, and he flew away. Uh, you want to fuck, though? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. This will be the most important one you hear your whole goddamn life. Your places are mine. You ever see the newspaper that they have <laughs> in Arizona? I have. I'm in it. I wrote it. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this sounds like something that that fucking dude tells you at the bar at night sure. before he either tries to fuck, uh, screams at you, or like just beats you senseless. Right, right. Like one of those, th- like 
one of those three things is going to happen when he whips out like the devil monster story. Right. Sure. 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 <clears throat> um, uh, so that, that would be my, my point one. Uh, point two, I reiterate, it is weird that you can kill a thing that is of the devil. Yeah. That kind of changes like the exorcist. There's no, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just hit it. If, if fucking father, what's his name? Marin. That's the one. Um, if Mark Marin just showed up and like shot that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> like. What are you even doing over there? <laughs> Stabbing yourself in the veg with a crucifix? He burned her with a cigarette, then threw his coffee at her. And uh, yeah, the devil left. I don't know. Point three. Pow, just shit my pants. <laughs> just coffee.coop. I don't even have to do that one anymore. What are you doing here? I don't know. Uh, point three. It's weird that like he yelled at... <laughs> Bastard. Um... <laughs> He yelled at the devil monster. Uh-huh. It went into the lake to, you know, wait until its eye healed. Parentheses. It was done crying. Right. And then it just left. And then in a very like Poochie died on his way back to his home planet coda to the story. It's like, and then some people in Arizona caught him and killed him and probably ate him. <laughs> <laughs> As they are one to do. Yeah. Like that's it's Arizona. You get what you, you know. Get it while the getting's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. It's it's it feels like a lazy ending. Yeah, for sure. So what happened to those monsters? Uh, they killed it in Arizona. Wait, that's it. Yeah. Uh huh. Was there anything else you need to hear? Do you want me to fight you? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do 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 you want do you want to go home with me? I'm going to introduce you to my two friends, Cousin and Jack. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to my friend, Devil's Pet. <laughs> you ever seen a Tommyknocker? <laughs> <laughs> How about we put my Devil's Pet and your Tommyknocker together and explore Elizabeth Lake? Huh? You can scoop some goop off and throw it in your eye. I've been drinking Moonshine for 43 years. The fact that I could string together all these callbacks. (laughs) That at least gets me like an HJ, right? Just look at it. (laughs) (laughs) You just look at it. Can you make it worthwhile for me taking it out of my pants? Uh, it's in the zipper. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. That um, uh, thoughts. Fucking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A, so a demon monster lived in this lake until a badass came and took it out. Like until what? a man yelled it to Arizona. <laughs> right. Like what kind of lore is this? It's not lore. <laughs> You you beat up a drunk man who was trying to sleep on the lake. Is what happened. Uh, the records say that their town bard died midway right. through writing it, <laughs> and uh, and uh, old uh, Moonshine Steve had to take over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old MSS. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm I'm okay. I'm. 
I like a good lake beast. Sure. I like the audacity of like everyone's terrified it's eating cows and then like old fucking big dick Houlihan or whatever <laughs> comes in. Fuck you. Go to Arizona. <laughs> and it works. Hits it with a rifle a couple times. Ow. Sure. What's your rating? I'm going to give that one two easily treatable cases of lake-born pink eye. Okay. I'm going to go with two and a half rapples. <laughs> I love Steely. <laughs> Just got so many pockets. Um, did you see the new one, the snake one? Oh. Jesus Christ. My God. I have not laughed at any. When it turns into Snake Terminator. It's brilliant. It cuts to S- Snake MIT and the snake with the fucking Florence Henderson <laughs> <Yeah>. mullet. Like, <laughs> the, So that show, since the first episode, episode by episode gets exponentially funnier. Yes. Each. And like, I thought the dragon one was the best one. It was so fucking funny. How about a little hand bonding? Yeah. <laughs> what the medieval equivalent of tarnation is going on out here? <laughs> oh, I just saw the staff. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, that guy, voiced by Tom Kenny. Yeah, you know who yeah. Tom Kenny is Tom Kenny is SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants yes. plays the fuck dragon. <clears throat> oh, you mean Shadow Jacker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The the Matthew Broderick cat, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you, bitch? Barbara, please. Yeah. <laughs> um. We want the right to fuck bully mammals. Only you want that. Only you want that. Get out of here. Only you fuck that thing. <laughs> God damn it. But it's... then the snake episode <clears throat> with a good half of the episode dedicated to this snake story. This snake subplot that just insinuates it's like every every time they cut back to it, it's just fucking weird. And then like snake snake professor has to come and he's just writing things down. Yeah, when he hands the note to Snake Clicken, it's just a bunch of essence. <laughs> um, the, the the newscast, like the fact that there's no never any subtitles, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> um, and just for the principle that, like, the, the the starting point of, like, there's a snake in space. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing it does is bite an ankle. I love also, in the beginning of that one, he gets a fucking flat tire. He gets a flat tire in space. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's a show that makes me happier and happier every, every week. time. Yeah. It's, and the thing is, I said earlier... That show, episode by episode, gets exponentially funnier, but each one is still hilarious. Yeah, it's uh, each one is it's I find very much like community. Yeah, like each one is just this little gem, just like mm-hmm. it's an it's an individual thing, and you can just watch and be like, oh boy, this is just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely, oh, love it. Anyway, anyway, so you're giving it two and a half rapples. Fair. I give it a plumbus. Sure. Yeah. Um, a plumbus is fair. Yep. That's. Um, I also liked. There was a moment where Rick is falling asleep in front of the TV. What in the snake episode when Morty goes to steal the keys? Rick is falling asleep while watching the How Do They Make a Plumbus on, on Plumbus. Yeah. Yes. It's yes. Great. Um, 
So yeah, uh, okay, that was uh, that was Lake Monster. Um, I'm sorry we got a couple a couple of uh, uh, kind of floppies here. No, it's good. You know, I like them floppy every once in a while. That's it's a nice change of pace. It gives me you know? the chance to make it hard. Yeah, I think um goal with these books is to make it hard for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, uh, the fire is burning low. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Before we go, uh, do tell. Have you have you ever had any kind of a spooky spookington? Spooky no. Spooky no. I have had a paranormal experience that involved my dad, but I also don't know how paranormal it is because it was a dream. It was just very well timed. No, I'll give it to you. Everything that happened in it was a little too perfect for it to be. I feel like it was a little too perfect for me to, you know, have a nighttime make 'em up. Thank you, Kate sure. Warehouser, about it. Love it. You know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you're like it's it's a little bit too narratively perfect. Yeah, because it happened about a year after he died, and we address. So when he died, I the day that he died. I hadn't talked to him in about a week. I would usually talk to him a few times a week over the phone. And I hadn't talked to him in about a week. And I remember running down the stairs that day and thinking, like, I should call Dad. It's been enough time. And then I got the call later that day. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to get emotional. It was fucking 15 years ago almost. Just think of Snake MIT. Okay. So (laughs) then what happened is... (laughs) Snake Jazz. I forgot about Snake Jazz for a minute. He's just, he's playing it while looking out the window. Go on. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so anyway, I in the dream, I was at my uncle's house, which is where he was when he died. Um, and someone showed up in a plane, like a little, uh, like a two-seater byway, like sure. a two-engine plane. Cessna. A Cessna, exactly. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. And there were a bunch of little kids there for whatever reason, and the kids all went outside. I don't know why I did that motion. And it was that up was my voice. like the, it, was, it was like I was there. Like this was like you were just <laughs> that was the moment. Like you say that, and then there's two or three more sentences. And then we go to the flashback. Right. Yeah. So the kids go outside, and the pilot's wearing like a bowler hat for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then it's just me and my dad in the living room, and he looks at me and he goes, "Is there anything that you wanted to say to me?" I was like, I kind of wish I got to say goodbye. And he goes, why don't you do that now? I was like, okay. And I gave him a hug. And then I woke up. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll give that one to you. That's it's, It was a heavy thing. And like, I woke up and was like, oh, okay, I'm fine now. Like, everything that I had felt before, like, I woke up just relieved. Yeah. Of the whole thing. Fucking yikes. Yeah. I mean, like, great, but like... It, yeah, it was really... It, it helped with closure. <clears throat> but again, it was a dream. So... um, I'm a little bit misty about that. That's... It was intense. Yeah. and It it's, was an intense thing to happen. There's there's a kind of... Uh, Something... Oh, I do have a spooky one. Go on. Ooh, oh, um, there's, there's a... There's a kind of spookiness when you hear hear things like it's just when you hear the inexplicable when you hear something terrifying like that. Yeah, it does kind of resonate with you. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, like it's that kind of like, how did that happen? How does this work? What happened? How right. do you cross the veil? Um, uh, are you like generally like a, a cohesive dreamer? Like, are you a, a narrative dreamer or is it? It's kind of gone back and forth. Um, I feel like when it does happen and I can remember it, there's some kind of narrative. Hmm. Excuse me. He's but having it, one now. Like, yeah. Right. 
Um, yeah, no, that's definitely fucking spooky. And yeah, um, it was it was weird, but again, it felt it felt good. At yeah, the time uh, it helped me cope with loss, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. Not feeling shitty about that. Also, really helped me understand and be okay with death in general. Yeah, you know, having it, that experience, just being like, okay, cool, all right, fine, whatever. This is all. This is all fine. It gives you a bit of a a cushion. Whatever, yeah. you, whatever you choose to take from it, you're like, huh, okay. Yeah. All right. It doesn't necessarily make me believe in an afterlife, but it makes me know that, or it makes me feel like whatever happens doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. You know? That in in some way, the people who need it find closure. Right. That, that you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I've got two quick actually scary ones do tell first one happened to me the second one happened to my brother um to me i was working at a howard johnson in torrance and i was a front desk agent and i was working night the night audit shift which is from uh 10 p.m to 6 a.m and one of the rooms got shut down because someone found bed bugs in it now i don't know if they were actually bed bugs or just a bug they found but um, i remember he brought in a bug he'd killed i'm like all right let's put you in another room because sure I don't. I want to do the thing that releases me of responsibility. So let's get you and those bed bugs into a new room, sir. Right. So I moved him, and then that room was out of commission for about three to four days, at least. You know, while I was, I left. I was only working there for like a month and a half. Um. So I was really. I was working for Disney, so I was smoking a ton of weed. Sure. Because I was. I was doing a lot of overtime to get out of some credit card debt and buy a car. Sure. Because that was like someone had told me like, pay off your debt and then get a car. Your, debt, your credit score will recover. I'm like, good plan. Cool. So anyway, um, I would, you know, on the night audit shift, you do a couple laps around the property, you do the paperwork, make sure no one's doing anything stupid. And then I, that room that they, sh- that we shut down happened to be a smoking room. Hmm. I'm like, cool. I'll go in there and smoke a couple bowls. Yeah. A couple times during my shift. Now, this place was only 54 rooms. So when you called in, they didn't have a thing where it was like, uh, enter your room number now or press zero for the front desk. It's just when you called, it came to the front desk, you asked for the room, and I forwarded you. Sure. Nothing automated. Yeah. So I go into the room to smoke, and there's the typical phone on the nightstand. And then there's one in the bathroom. And I found out later, after a recent trip that I did, that's for disabled rooms. Sure. So if you fall in the shower, you can call 911. Yeah. And while I was in there smoking, the phone in the bathroom went off. Not the one in the other side of the room, but the one in the bathroom went off. I did not answer. This is a little anticlimactic. I didn't answer it because I was terrified. But it rang like four or five times, and I just kept smoking. And then it rang again. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave. And just walk- I never went back in the room after that. Fuck. Yeah, I just went and smoked in my car after that. That, good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was terrifying. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was nobody in. The room hadn't been occupied for days. There's yeah. no reason for anybody to be calling in. Also, they you couldn't have. Yeah, you can't dial straight through. <sighs> That's absolutely the worst. Yeah. The other one, my... <laughs> My brother's... Ugh. I know. Sorry, that's... No, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> shortly after he graduated, my brother's friend died of brain cancer. And she was someone my brother cared very much for. And I think he wanted to 
like have something long term with her anyway. Mm. Before any of that could transpire, she died of a brain of a, a brain tumor. And um, there was a day where her cell phone called him. I think twice, and they had uh, he did some investigating, and after she died, they left her phone in her desk since the day they got it back and didn't touch it. And they called Sprint, who was her carrier, uh, and there were no records of outgoing calls from her phone. Ugh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So both phone-related, Yeah, too, both phone-related. Which is interesting. I think phones are fucking terrifying. Yeah, they can be. Um, yeah, it's the quickest way for somebody to get into your house. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, yikes. That's, both of those are... I uh, there's a fun theme on this podcast, which is like you ask like, hey, any spooky stories? I'm like, eh, not really. Oh, my mom owns a haunted house. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, my brother spoke backwards and spit fire out of his eyes. There's but... one behind you now. <laughs> <laughs> like, um... I do see a black skinned demon all the time. Racist. <laughs> Why does it got to be black? <laughs> We'll uh we'll we'll uh we'll either edit that out or we'll edit in some uh additional epithets yeah. that you uh <laughs> Um All right, well those those are both genuinely fucking terrifying. I don't know if I have any others. Um uh, I don't think I do. That's solid. Uh well then then I think all all that remains is is for us to responsibly douse the campfire until it is dead out. To prevent wildfires. Um, So while I do that, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and where people can find you and it? So I uh, produce podcasts in my studio called Cranival Studios. Um, Right now I'm real low on shows because I have a busy day job and the videography side of my business is also doing pretty good. But uh, I produce podcasts. You work both with the eyes and the ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beyond um, recording What's More Metal and Ghosts and Hoes, uh, I also do videography for Portland stand-up comedians, uh, as well as national touring headliners. I've done uh, Maria Bamford, Dan Soder, uh, Erica Rhodes, cool. a few others. Fucking yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done some some really... I've, I've filmed some really rad people. I had the offer to do Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero, but I was out of town. Oh, which bummer. was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, upcoming, I have Greg Fitzsimmons. Cool. Um, uh, I can't remember. Trenton Davis and someone else. Anyway, we'll see what New Year's brings. Sure. But yeah. So if you ever need a podcast recorded or a videography done, feel free to visit com. C-R-A-N-I-V-A-L studios.com. And uh, shoot me a message and we can talk. Cool. And uh, beyond that, any any of your any of the socials or any of that? Yeah, can... all at Carnival Studios on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, and uh, when is this going to drop? This will be uh, in about two two three weeks. Okay, never mind. All right, I have a live show on the fifth. Oh. This will certainly not be out by then. Let this be a fun little uh, little uh, treat for for you future people. It's on the fifth. Oh uh, yeah, January fifth. Uh, Michael Garcia's show, Forgotten Fantasies, at. Kelly's? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel That's bad. Right. Because I totally I fucking forgot. <laughs> God damn it. 
Ah, I'm such an asshole. (laughs) Fucking Christ, I'm bad Uh, at this. No, no, no. I forgot that that show exists and was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still co-hosting it? So I will see you on the 5th. See you on the 5th. Yeah. (laughs) Me and Noriko. Me and Noriko will be on that show. It's going to be a fucking blast. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, we're both idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, then with that... Um, I am going to go, uh, I guess, address the carbon monoxide leak in here. Sure. Um, unless you'd like to go huff some gas with me. I'm probably going to pass, but I am going to go drink down the street at Barley Mill. Good plan. Yeah. That's a good one. And listeners, get some drinks in you. Then go driving. Get in your car. Go fast. <laughs> go fast. Close your eyes. Faster, faster. Let the road take you. They're all... They're all banked, right? You could just you could just go with it, you know? Listen. Yeah. If you hear people shouting or you hear the unmistakable sound of bones crunching underneath the tires of your car. They love you. Go faster. Go faster. You know, if your eyes are closed and you start to see uh, them turn whiter and whiter and whiter until you find yourself flying out of the windshield with shards of glass in your eye after your car has been completely totaled. Don't listen. It's fine. Keep going. Keep chasing that rainbow, guys. <laughs> Keep chasing that pink dragon. Yeah, you do it. You do it. <laughs> We're going to get sued by our one listener. <laughs> Sarah Silverman. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. I'm going to need you all to roll plus charm to do the ad. That's a five. I got a ten. Eight. All right, Travis. Buddy can manage to get out the name of the show, but not much else. Monster Pod. Sadie, Jimmy's going to be able to get out the premise, but you didn't roll high enough for any spoilers. Monster Pod is a real play Monster of the Week podcast where four government-employed idiots try to save the world. Sarah, Thomason rolled high enough to finish the ad. Releases every other Friday here on So Below Media. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.